keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. I'm Greg Stuffy, and this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. Our show is brought to you by our friends over at Restream. You, too, can create your own fully branded, completely professional live videos just like you're watching right here. And you can even do it uh, for free. You can get started for free. It is free forever. We also have you know, paid accounts, but you know, go ahead, check it out. You can find out more at socialmedianewslive.com slash restream. And today we are joined by Dan Carson, and we're going to be talking about uh, the expansion of YouTube Shorts to more audiences and creators around the world. We're also going to explore how you can incorporate shorts into your video content strategy, how to make the most of YouTube's extensive library of videos and music for creating shorts, can you or can you not? We'll talk about that. And we're going to find out why Shorts is being called the biggest opportunity for YouTube creators or YouTube wannabes in the past five years. We mentioned Restream earlier, but I also want to do a big shout out to our friends over at Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They're the ones that make the show look and work as amazing as it is. So go check them out at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. So if you don't know Dan Carson... Well, we're going to introduce him to you because Dan is the host of the YouTube, uh, the Tube Talk podcast and executive producer at VidIQ. He got his start in on YouTube in August of 2011, recording gameplay videos as a fun hobby while attending school for video production. So he joined the VidIQ team in 2020 and allowed Dan to combine his hobby and professional talents to now help others grow their own YouTube channels. And he's here to help you do the same. Dan, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to get into this. Yeah. So Grace, awesome. take it away because we I know you want you had some questions for Dan. So this is this is really Yeah. Good. Well, I wanna I I, I wanna know more about VidIQ. Can you give us a quick intro about it and what what it is and what it does? Sure. Yeah. VidIQ is actually a whole suite of tools that you can use on YouTube. Uh, you can start for free as well. So you can install the software. And uh, at first it could be a little bit, you know, whoa, there's a whole bunch of stuff on my YouTube channel that wasn't there before. <laughs> It'd be a little overwhelming, uh, but we do have, uh, it becomes pretty self-explanatory. And we also have a number of tutorials and guides over on our YouTube channel, which doubles as a YouTube education space as well. So we're kind of tackling YouTube at all these different angles. And, uh, you know, it's really exciting. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about uh, growing a YouTube channel in 2021, because this past year, uh, has seen an explosion in video content, you know, on all platforms. It's particularly live video content, and everything seems to have changed with the pandemic going on and all this stuff. And so one of the things is YouTube re recently partnered with these top CMOs from leading brands like General Motors, Nestle, uh, and had and they partnered with these, you know, popular creators on YouTube. So, uh, and they called, the YouTube called them masters of their own brand and command attention, audience attention around the world. So, they had them tackle the the problem of finding unique and innovative ways to uh, connect with new customers and address their kind of needs that they have. So it was a new series on YouTube advertisers channel. So uh, in your experience, Dan, what does it take 
to build and keep an engaged audience of viewers in 2021? So like what should content creators take into account? What should businesses be aware of? Because I mean, I know that's a, a lot to say right there, but what is your thoughts in 2021? What, what do creators need to do? Creators at large, I, like when it comes to uh, businesses and, and things like that, it's I'm sure the game is a little more complicated because they're definitely trying to sell a product. Creators at large, I mean, it, it kind of comes down to keeping people engaged, right? You need, and that's so, it's so vague when people say that, oh, you gotta, you gotta keep people engaged. Like, what does that even mean? And it's kind of, to me, about becoming a, a better storyteller. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to jump the gun here, but like, get it, shorts is such a cool thing because it forces you to tell a story and you have less than a minute to do it, you know? And uh, I think that's why it's taking off so well. I think that's why TikTok does so well because the creator needs to be hyper aware of every second, every frame of footage. Because at any point, you can just pick up your phone and swipe to the next one. It's that easy. So right. engage, you know, keeping your audience engaged is just everything, no matter who you are, no matter what vertical you're using. Mm. Okay, we're going to talk about that because I already already have questions going around my brain. But Grace, let's go into the first section of this news because I know uh, we're going to talk about shorts in depth in a bit. But go ahead and break this news down that happened last week. Absolutely. Well, we found out last week that YouTube Shorts is now rolling out globally. It is available to a hundred countries around the world. When it first rolled out, it was only available to 20 US, UK, and a handful of other countries were the ones involved. It was, it's still currently in beta. And as a quick recap, Shorts is YouTube's TikTok competitor, right? So it's short, catchy videos, it completely focused on being mobile. They're up to 60 seconds long, as Dan mentioned here, with multi-segment camera, and it's only available on mobile. So now it's rolling out to a, a bunch of new countries, and they're also saying that they're going to be including a new range of features, including the ability to sample other YouTube videos, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a minute here. And then they're also exploring new ways to offer quick links from shorts over YouTube as uh, you know, as they've been taking samples of that. So Dan, I wanted to talk to you about how do you integrate shorts into a content marketing strategy, particularly for a brand. You and I both work for video companies, right? Or companies, the technology companies, and we're both exploring shorts. So tell us how other companies can take advantage of shorts for their content marketing strategy. I, I got to say, I think if you're a, a brand, your best bet is to get into influencer marketing and get somebody who, who knows this industry to help you out because at, at vidIQ, we've experimented with shorts ourselves, right? And we've put them on, we've tried them on our main channel, our vidIQ YouTube channel. We've tried them on their own vidIQ shorts channel. And it, it's been exceptionally hard to get them any traction because we're still coming at it from the perspective of YouTube educators, right? So we're, mm -hmm. you know, that's what our product does. It helps people grow their channel by giving you all these metrics. And then we, as the creators, help people with not only using the tool, but showing them just through examples and stuff in videos and doing that in a short is really hard. And I think that's because people watch these, these videos and expect snappy edits, uh, a lot of laughs or something kind of mind blowing, like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to use like life hacks, you know, like I'm going to use that. That's awesome. And brands, they, they sell tools to people who can use them that, that solve problems. And I think they're going to need to 
get really, really creative. And that's kind of where I said, why I said influencer marketing, because you don't have to hire a whole staff of people to help you, you know, write comedy, for example, you can just find the right influencers to market your products and, and tackle it that way. Very interesting. So um, let's, let's kind of go back and do a bird's, bird's eye overview. So um, cause some people are still maybe cons- confused about shorts and, you know, they see stuff with TikTok. and we talked about last week, you know, TikTok raised the, the time limit, which is three minutes. Shorts are still one minute. So can you kind of talk a little bit about what are the con some of the content requirements for YouTube shorts? You know, what do we need to keep in mind as we start getting, as we get started? I mean, you mentioned it at the, the intro that we have to be really cognizant of the time because we're a thumb swipe away from somebody going to the next piece of content. So what are some things we kind of look at when we first, like, you know, when somebody says, okay, I'm going to do shorts, Dan said to do it, I'm going to do it. What do they need to do uh, and keep in mind? So, yeah. So what, what the heck is a YouTube short? How do I even make one? So the way it works is a short is a video on YouTube that is vertical or square. You can have them all the way out to, to square, which is great. Uh, but basically 19, let's see what 1920 by 1080 would be like a normal mm-hmm. 1080p video. You have to flip that. It needs to be 1080 by 1920. And, uh, it, the easiest way to do it is to use your phone and just record a vertical video, you know, as, as you probably are already doing out there in the world when you go to the zoo or something. Um, so the other restriction there is you also need to make sure it's less than 59. So no, sorry, less than a minute. So basically 59 seconds. Uh, I've seen the timestamp on YouTube for shorts go up to exactly one minute. But for some reason, when you upload one, it like adds a second. I think it rounds up every time. Right. So just I say 59 seconds. And uh, yeah, so square or vertical has to be a minute or under. And uh, those are the two big ones. A lot of people are concerned about hashtag shorts. You need to put that in the title right. or description. YouTube themselves have said you don't need to, but it helps. And the reason it helps is because YouTube's creating this whole thing. It's called a pivot page. And if you were to just literally in YouTube search type hashtag shorts, you could click on this pivot page and it'll show you every video with that hashtag. And maybe it helps you rank faster because of that. I don't think so because when shorts first came out and they didn't really announce it yet, a whole bunch of older, less than a minute vertical videos were just getting a ton of views. It was just spiking mm-hmm. overnight. And none of them said hashtag shorts because they didn't make them back in the day of you know, YouTube shorts. Uh, and the last thing I'm going to mention is that the shorts camera, and one of the things we'll talk about today is how shorts have gone global now. And that what that means is everybody has access to the shorts camera in their phone. That only lets you record, unless something's changed, I think up to 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I take that as a sign that YouTube, yeah, you get, they give you a minute, but they kind of want you to keep it even shorter and that's probably for your benefit gotcha so real quick so so can i create short i'm I'm asking for the audience but like can i create shorts only on my mobile or can i do a really produced you know almost a minute one on my creative premiere and then upload it on my desktop i mean i know we've talked a lot about it's it's mobile it's for mobile but is that the only place to consume it and create it uh, no, you can totally use a video editing software. Uh, it, it depends on your video editing software. We've seen a lot of people come to us and say, I can't get my editing software to help me make a vertical video. Uh, I know Premiere has a really easy setting in there that you can use, uh, you know, perhaps Final Cut, more advanced video editors. But as long as you can get your video to uh, output in either a vertical or a square format, you can make it through anything. I mean, this is why gaming on youtube shorts has blown up the way it has because people in the minecraft community and places like that 
just jumped all over it. And yeah, as long as, again, the video is under a minute long and it's it's in that format, you know, have at. Gotcha. So when it, can I only consume it on a mobile? So is it only for like, am I only when I create a short, am I like forgetting about the rest of my audience on YouTube? And I and, and explain a little bit what the short shelf is, I guess, is a lot of people call it that. Sure. Yeah. So uh, that's a great question. The YouTube shorts shelf, I'll start there, is a thing you'll only see on mobile. And you've probably noticed it since this has been rolling out. Uh, when you're scrolling through your feed, your home feed, there will be this new shelf, basically a bunch of videos that are in a row and you can actually swipe, you know, over to see them kind of keep going. It's, mm -hmm. it's uh, instead of swiping down to see the rest of the videos and you can click on any of those and it kind of, once you do, you've kind of entered a funnel and it'll just, as you swipe up, you can just keep watching shorts all day long. Um, also on mobile, there's a button now they've added at the bottom called shorts. And if you click that, that also gets you into the shelf and it just shows you what it thinks you'll want to see, you know? Um, and that's all like mobile consumption is where shorts are optimized. That said, just because you upload a short doesn't mean it can't be seen on desktop YouTube. It can. Uh, it's just, I, I, I would like to think YouTube is not pushing those because I see them less and less and less. I think when videos fit that, that format, and I have very specific viewing habits, so I might just not be getting them recommended to me, but they're not going to be something that pop up in your recommendations, in my opinion. It's going to be you have to seek them out, which is why you wouldn't necessarily make a short for search. You know, mm. you're kind of yeah. appealing to a whole different audience on YouTube. I think that is a huge thing right there. Uh, what you just said is that it's not for search. Um, so that go ahead. Grace, that was ahead. a that, that was a question that we had is, do you need to do SEO for shorts? That was a question from Anise right. Eric, Eric Balls earlier today. So mm -hmm. uh, I, you're right. It does. Uh, it does um, affect your viewing habits because I tend to encounter YouTube on my desktop. I work on my desktop all day long. That's where I'm watching it. I have to force my not force myself, but I have to intentionally <laughs> go on mobile to look at shorts. Mm -hmm. So I have a video production question for you, Dan, well, as let's, far let's, as let's, let's have oh. him answer that question from the, the okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, because I think let's go ahead and go there because I think that's really important. Do you need to do SEO for shorts? Dan? you should very much keep in mind your title, but that's about it. I mean, the description oh. is something you'd have to click into to actually see there's still tags, but as we know, tags are getting less and less and less relevant. Uh, and even more so in shorts, the thing, there's two things you can, uh, control when you upload a short, that is the title and the content itself. I was going to say thumbnail, but no, that's wrong. You can't control the thumbnail on a short. It picks for you. What frame is going to be shown as the thumbnail for a short. Uh, so it makes it easier. It's one less thing to do, honestly. Uh, now we, we say you should do thumbnails anyway, because they can be seen on your channel to your regular viewers, blah, 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 blah. So I still like to see thumbnails on them, but I wouldn't spend as much time on them for sure. Uh, sorry, going down a thumbnail rabbit hole. That's, uh, good. That's good. <laughs> the, the main thing is your title and you don't want that title to be too long. And you want to make sure that it's just in, it, it's interesting more so than anything else. Uh, and, and that goes for regular YouTube too, by the way, you don't have to try and make your title, fit for only a robot to read. You still want your titles to always be clickable and always be interesting, but it's more important on shorts because I think they get truncated at maybe even like 40 characters or something. So mm. you, you only have this much space to have a title that relates to the video and get people to potentially tap it. 
And the other thing that I've been kind of wondering to myself is when you're watching shorts, yes, the, the title's important, that random thumbnail YouTube picks for you is important, but it's only important before you like enter the shelf. So that first short that got you to click and get into the shelf is the one you saw the title and thumbnail for. After that, every time you swipe, you're just kind of watching a new video. The title's kind of there at the bottom, but it's, you know, it didn't earn your click like the first one did. So the who knows? It, this is why this is what I struggle with internally. Like, does the title even matter? Right. Uh, I think to a, de a degree, it definitely does. But uh, that's the biggest thing. That's the most SEO I think you could do for a short. Gotcha. Grace, mm. I'm sorry I cut you off. You had another question about production. Oh, I just wanted to say, and and Anasir, Aeneas, I, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. He said, thank you for answering his question. He's starting a gaming channel. So okay, uh, cool. he appreciated that SEO. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I was moving on to the uh, my game production question. So as a video producer, do you have a workflow when it comes to creating shorts? Is there a way that you can make the most of your video production time? For instance, if you're making longer videos already for your YouTube channel, and I say longer videos like you know, the, the six to 10 minutes that hmm. seems to do really well. Like where in that, are you creating shorts from that content or are you creating completely unique content just for shorts or how are you kind of streamlining your time there or do you? Well, I, so I have my own like personal channel that I don't share out there with the world uh, because target audience and things like that. But uh, on that channel, I made content only for shorts. That was the whole, that was everything I did. And the, the reasoning behind it was just uh, very simply the, the time I had in the day, right? Like it's a lot easier to make a one minute video than it is to make a 10 minute video because I just didn't have a lot of time. So I took advantage of the fact that I can make this short form content. It's going to get out there to a new audience. And that was great. I've seen a lot of creators though, who are trying to find ways to repurpose their long form content. They were already making, they were doing live streams or they were making long form videos and they want to get in on the shorts game and why not it's one more new way you can try and pull people into your youtube channel uh you know and we can go over all the different things youtube offers now a little bit later on but you should absolutely be using it if you feel like you can so my biggest trick there if you're going to take your long form videos and try and take cool clips from them and make them youtube shorts context you I never hear anyone talk about this, but you as the editor of that short need to provide context to the audience who was not there for the long form video, because uh, as we've already discussed, shorts are going out on this short shelf to kind of a, a mystery audience. People who see these likely have never seen your channel before. So, or they've only seen your channel through the other shorts that you've done because they're kind of, they, they like watching shorts they are recommended more and more. So you need to provide as much context as possible. And again, you only have a minute to do it. So whether that's through some kind of text you put on the screen or uh, some some kind of fun introduction. And then if you if you choose to go the route of like, hey, before you start watching this short, I just want you to know that this was from a live stream the other day. That's not what I mean, because you're, I've already swiped <laughs> away. You know, yeah, that's not yeah. fun to watch. But if you try and find a way to edit this thing and set it up, my, my, all I'm trying to stress is I don't want people to go into their live streams, take a sliver, like a 30 second sliver that they thought was a cool moment without considering who's going to see it, which is somebody who was not at the live stream. So does it make sense? Does it stand on its own? That's the key. Mm. 
That's a that's a power tip right there. So I, we have some questions from the audience that I want to pull up really quick, or some comments. This is from Gary. Uh, we were talking about tools to use to make shorts, and he said uh, Ecamm will output to vertical format very easily. You can even use a green screen for additional pop. So thanks, Gary. That's that's really really cool. That's a great idea with the green screen, by the way. And then um, let's see. How do I um, says how can oh can I use the same title all my video like for shorts? Because you said the title didn't matter. So would you use the same title in all your your shorts, or is what are your thoughts on that? You probably could. I definitely wouldn't. But right. Uh, right. I I'm a believer in even even though tags there are being we're being told that tags are just great for misspellings. They're not very relevant to search anymore. That's what YouTube is saying. However, you know, you can bet that I'm going to fill out that entire box. Exactly. I'm going to fill out the description. I'm going to fill out everything because right. it's just one more tool that I'm given. And it's I don't like leaving it blank. And on the chance that your short is the one that's sitting front and center on the short shelf, don't you want that title to be something interesting and, and very clickable? I, I would, you know, and, and the title is still viewable. It's not like it's invisible. People see it at the bottom of the video as they're watching. So mm-hmm. you you know, if they want, if they're like, what the heck am I watching right now? You want that to be there. So I wouldn't use the same title, um, you know, and, and who knows? The shorts is still new. You know, it's going to all yeah. the things we've said today in a year from now could be completely irrelevant because they're going to keep updating. It. It's going to keep changing. For all we know, there's going to be a short shelf on desktop one day. So, we, you know, be aware of all these things in the ever changing landscape of YouTube and take full advantage of all the different tools YouTube gives you to promote your content. So, right. so I guess we haven't really asked this question. And, you know, other than that, you know, YouTube is, I mean, shorts is really cool and TikTok video is really cool. Why should we use it? What, what's the end game? Why? It, just because YouTube is saying that we should, is that why we should create shorts content? What good does it do our channel? I don't know if we've really talked about that. You know, it's not going to be for everybody. I, I kind of touched on this a, a little while ago, but vidIQ, as we tried, it was something we kind of abandoned because it was it was taking up more of our time to, to make this content and uh, get it out there. And it wasn't performing, you know, we got a lot of signals from YouTube that basically told us like, okay, this, the type of content we're making isn't going to work on, on the shelf. So what we're going to do is revisit this at a later date and we'll see. It's not going to be for everybody. And that's okay. Uh, I would say that the community tab, which you unlock at a thousand subscribers, uh, is something everyone should use. However, some people just don't want to they don't they don't want to make image posts and stuff and and have yet another social media feed to keep up with so if you if you can use it if you're interested in it then yes absolutely if it's something that you feel like oh gosh a chore a thing i have to do now i'm already doing enough then don't you know don't bother because the most important thing about your youtube channel is you you've got to watch out for your mental health you know going into right. making all this content a lot goes into that and if shorts is going to be the thing that pushes you over the edge and you're like i just with youtube i just can't um then you're not you know you're you're only you might only be hurting yourself then trying to you know force it into your strategy gotcha so i know you said you're running experiments at vidIQ and you you put it aside which is totally understandable if it's not working, right? If it's not working, it's not working. But would you be able to tell us what type of content you think does resonate on shorts? Like what, maybe not the educational how-to content that that your company focuses on or my company focuses on, but what other stuff is out there that is resonating, that is working? I, I can tell you for me, I like watching things that, and I kind of mentioned it before, I, I like watching things that make me laugh. I like watching things that blow my mind. Uh, however, 
I'm seeing more and more people in the education space too try and figure this out. And and uh, there's a couple examples out there that I think of people doing this well. Uh, there's a channel out there. They're called Alpha Gaming. Uh, they give a mm-hmm. lot of YouTube advice. It's catered to the gaming community. And Harris Heller runs that channel. And he likes to repurpose a lot of his clips from like streams where he's chatting with his audience and answering questions into YouTube shorts. And I find myself when those are recommended to me actually listening to those. And it's kind of the way he tells the story. There's context there. I didn't have to be at the stream, you know, and it's, it's the way he presents the information, the way he tells the story. And it just something about something about kind of the magic there is he's able to pull me in. There's a hook there. Um, and, and that's the most important thing. So I think if you get creative enough, any type of content could thrive, but you really have to reinvent the way that you approach your content creation, especially like if you're if you're like me, when I make a vidIQ video, I, I set things up. You know, a lot of the time goes into the the setup of a video, and I, I'm already when it comes to my retention in the first thirty seconds, trying to figure out, okay, I need to set this up, but I can't take too long. It and going into shorts, we were when we first started when this was early days we kind of just made a shorter version of a vidIQ video, right? And then we started to get a little more goofy with things. And the videos that did the best actually were when Rob Wilson, the, the main host on our vidIQ YouTube channel, he he decided to show off his YouTube play buttons uh, that sit above his shelf, you know, some behind the scenes. And those did exceptionally well. And it it just kind of like proved to us, you know, this is what shorts is, is for when it comes to our audience. It's It's for more interesting things, more conversational things. Uh, rather than, hey, like in today's very quick one minute YouTube lesson, I'm going to teach you how to get a thousand subscribers. People are more willing to sit down for a 10 minute lesson on that. So we don't we don't even need to be making that content. So it's all about what's going to catch people's interest. You know, I know it was kind of rambly, but I, I hope no, that no, no. answered your question. That's what we wanted. That's that's <laughs> great. So, yeah. So, um, man, I've got so many things brewing in my um, my head here. So. You know, one of the things is, um, you know, shorts, you know, they had, you know, it just seemed like a logical thing, especially because there is the rise of TikTok. Um, but shorts has a couple features that, you know, we can take advantage of. So one of, it, of them is that it's got this advantage of they have an extensive library of content, which TikTok doesn't, that doesn't have anymore. And in fact, it now when you create a video, it has that little ticker if like you don't want it to share for somebody to use it, like to use for their shorts or something like that. Um, so, but but there's this whole content library that they have, um, and th- this this ability to remix and do duets. And I sure hope nobody's going to do a duet with me ever. But um, <laughs> uh, you, it creates stuff from scratch and use this existing materials. And um, they also have this partnership with the music industry, which is really really big. So, what are your what are your thoughts about how well you know YouTube has used this you know integrating this catalog of music? An extensive library. Are we going to see more of that? Is um, you think that's going to give them the edge over TikTok in in the long run? Um, and do you leave that box unchecked or checked when you create content? What, what the box you're talking about is the one where you basically say that people can t- use your content to make a short with, right? That. And that that distinction there is important because it's the audio that they can use as well, mm-hmm. uh, which I always found weird because I think on TikTok, uh, I think you mentioned that you can do duets and stuff with people there, but you actually get to see the video of the other right. person, if I'm not mistaken. Right. right. So yeah. they can take the whole video and then react to it. Yeah. Uh, so far on YouTube, it seems to just be audio. Uh, I ignore that box. I, the audio I use, cause I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of on my personal channel doing stuff. That's, 
I'm using audio. It's not really mine in the first place. So it's like, if you want to use it, I guess you can, it's not going to do anything for you. So I just don't bother with it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people uncheck that box. I, I would say this might be a hot take here, but when that was announced, like, Oh, here's this thing that you can't opt out of, uh, all in mass. You can now, but at the time it came out, you couldn't, it was ticked on for everybody and you couldn't just say no to it. And, and, certain there's a disclaimer on there that says certain videos can't opt out of this and you're like what does that mean why <laughs> you know uh so i would say it only is in your benefit if somebody uses your audio because youtube yeah. sees to it that you get the credit for that no matter what and that can only be beneficial to you so i if you have audio that you feel like people will want to use and you're worried about it i wouldn't be worried about it you can still untick it that's your prerogative but I think it's just one more avenue you have to kind of share, you know, you out there. You know, it's one more place you can be. Good point. Yeah. I think, you know, discovery is always good for creators, especially when you're first starting. We have a lot of people in the comments saying they're struggling. You know, that's why they're doing shorts and they want to they want to grow that way. Um, One of the things that I think is really interesting, you know, in late June, we learned that YouTube had uh, set uh, aside 100 million to pay short form creators to make shorts. And so according to Bloomberg reported that thanks to shorts, nobodies are once again, rapidly becoming somebody's on YouTube, <laughs> which is you know, a little condescending, but whatever. And it's also been called the biggest opportunity for YouTube creators or YouTube wannabes uh, in the past five years. So one of the examples they used was British teen and magician, Dan Rhodes. He embraced shorts in uh, early 2021 and within two weeks, his YouTube subscribers jumped from 17,000 to over a million. So YouTube is looking to encourage more of this. So um, other than Dan Rhodes, and you mentioned a, a couple, you know, a gaming channel that you like to watch. Is there anybody else we should be watching for like how-tos? Like, okay, you know, Dan, you go like this guy you need to watch because he's doing it right. Um, and maybe not, you know, I know gaming, gaming is popular anyway, but maybe some ones that you like are kind of out there, like a, a British magi- a magician that just took off. That, that was actually, um, there, I, I, I don't know if we're talking about the same person. <laughs> Sorry. Did I steal your, the person? That- it, well, I, I was going to say that might be the person I was going to mention because mm-hmm. there's somebody, I don't know if it's the same person, but he, I'm looking at my phone now, if I seem distracted, he is, he makes these shorts where he, everything's extreme, right? It's like extreme cleaning and stuff. He runs around his house. Uh, I think it's Daniel something. Uh, I do apologize. I'll, maybe I'll pull it up uh, in a minute, but sure. uh, he's, he's someone I've been, I've been like watching quite a bit because the content's just hilarious. The creators, I, I, I know you told me not to do this, but I'm going to go into the gaming uh, oh, uh, bucket that's for good, a minute. That's good. That's good. I, that's just where I live, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's okay. We, we all live where we live. It's fine. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple of creators I've actually gotten to talk to as well. Uh, Jake Fellman. Mm-hmm. He's an animator and got his start on shorts by animating among us uh, in his own style. So That's everything cool. is like custom animated. And he made these ridiculously, uh, you know, simple shorts, you know, they're really, really short, like eight seconds and, you know, very, very watchable, very addictive and uh, all done in his own style. Blew up, you know, millions and millions of views, subscribers, everything. And after Among Us and the trend in that game started to kind of go down, uh, he tried to figure out what to do, pivoted to Minecraft. 
And same thing, animated Minecraft characters in his own way and put them in really short form scenarios and, you know, it's thriving. The other creator that I've gotten a chance to speak to uh, is Block Facts, another Minecraft creator. If you don't know anything about Minecraft, it's a game where you build with blocks. Mm -hmm. And so Block Facts gives you facts about those blocks in every short video. Uh, So consistent in every single way, these videos. So they'll all start out exactly the same, uses the same music. Uh, and has the same like tone and personality in every video. It's always a bunch of facts about different blocks. And every video is 27 seconds long. I asked him why. He said it, he saw someone else doing it and thought maybe maybe I'll just make them all 27 seconds. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it just kind of it worked. So well over a million subscribers now and has done so well. He's been able to pivot to long form videos now. So uh you know, the, these are people who whose channels were nothing. You know, that's very sounded very rude the way I said that. Whose channels were at zero though, right. and they got into YouTube Shorts, and and here they are today. At, you know, millions of subscribers. Now, Grace, I know you have a question, but I wanted to ask this really quick because you, you mentioned it earlier, Dan, that you have a Shorts channel. Mm-hmm. What are the advantages of having just a channel for Shorts, and do you recommend that for people to test out Shorts? Is not do it on their main channel but on their you know like create a separate one to see if it's going to work yeah we get this question a lot and uh i've i've gone back and forth i i used to say why not put them on your main channel because if you're going to get a bunch of people who've never seen your content before to jump in on your main channel and you know have the potential to get recommended both your shorts and your long-form content then yeah they should be on your main channel but it comes with so many caveats and so many it depends right so if you're going to make shorts about fixing cars, but you have a channel where you uh, travel, you know, maybe there's a little bit of overlap there, right? Like you travel in a car, uh, but you like to make these short form videos about, you know, fixing simple problems on your car. That might constitute another channel because the people looking for that content are people who are car enthusiasts, people who maybe have a problem with their car. I kind of should have swapped it. The travel shorts be way more interesting than the (laughs) mechanic. That wouldn't really work. Anyway, uh, you'd want those two things on different channels. But if you're a travel channel and you make these long form vlogs of you out in the world, you could do a lot with shorts. And there's, to me, in my opinion, no reason those can't be on your main channel. But what it does, the reason people are so nervous about this is because people subscribe to shorts and it seems like they do so a lot faster than they subscribe from a long form video. And mm-hmm. then a lot of them tend not to come back. It, mm-hmm. It's it's this phenomenon that's been happening since since shorts came out. And you it, it seems that subscribers from shorts just are not as sticky as the ones that, you know, come from the long form content. So it kind of takes your metrics and makes them look screwy to you. Like, OK, I have a thousand new subscribers on my channel, but, you know, I'm not getting any more views on my long form videos than I really ever did. Maybe a couple. So what's going on there? Maybe I should start a new channel. And my, the, the thing I tell people is like, it's okay. You know, those, those metrics look screwy, but it doesn't mean your channel is now messed up in some way. It's just, the, the, they don't look as clean, the metrics, but gotcha. it's okay. <laughs> so it's all, I should have just, I could sum this up by saying it's all personal preference at the end of the day. I, I just always stress channel focus. If you're going to do a gaming channel, but you want to do vlog shorts, it doesn't make any sense to have those in the same place. But that would be the case if you had a gaming channel and you were trying to make long form videos of you fixing your car on the same channel. Wouldn't really work. Gotcha. Mm. Makes perfect sense. So, 
So it sounds like if someone is trying to use shorts to draw people into your long form content, that isn't going to work so well as your long form content, getting people interested in your shorts, right? Did I hear well, that right? And this is, this is again, I know, I know it's going to sound, people are going to be like, this guy contradicts himself constantly, but <laughs> we we've seen Blockfax is a great example here because as I said, he's making long form videos now and there's a very specific key as to why he was able to do that, right? So got all these subscribers, he's getting consistent views on all his shorts, uh, and then somewhere along the line, Blockfax realized, hey, the scale is tipped here because your metrics, your metrics tell you everything. So usually when you upload a short, especially when you're a smaller channel, you get no views on it. And you go a whole day, no views. And for some reason, it just takes a while for YouTube to finally test that video to an audience and put it out there on the short shelf. And so YouTube tells you, hey, Congrats, you have a thousand views from the shorts feed. It tells you specifically where those views came from. What Blockfax noticed is that after a while, he was getting views very quickly when he put out a short and they were coming from browse. They weren't coming from shorts. And it's kind of like, that's interesting. And what's funny is that him and I kind of talked about this after like, you know, when, when he told me that, I'm like, you know, it's funny. I noticed the same thing because I had my shorts channel and I noticed I'm getting views from browse now. My shorts don't take a whole day to get views anymore. That's weird. And then they got another boost once they finally did hit the shelf. And I looked into it and it seemed like the browse feature views were returning viewers. Those are people who've watched my content before. And so I tested a long form video and lo and behold, thousands of views. This was a channel that didn't exist until like January, right? Mm. And it was solely for shorts. And I man managed to get thousands of views on a video without having to rely on the short shelf at all. Blockfax did the same thing. And now his long form videos, which are now like 10 minutes long, are getting uh, over a million views, you know, just the same amount of views he was getting on his shorts. So the key there is that if your shorts content is like so consistent and you're, you're really, really, really focused, you can bring people over to the long form videos if they're going to feel like they're still watching the same person do the same thing. So Blockfax's long form videos are still 10, they're 10 minutes, but they're still Blockfax. It's the mm -hmm. same, it's the same thing. It uses similar music. It's, you know, it, Hey, this is the blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to give you a bunch of facts about it. And you know, it's the same content, just longer. So while your metrics might look screwy, if you're uploading shorts and you're getting subscribers and they're not coming back for your long form videos, that might be because YouTube is actually trying to recommend your long form videos to them, but there's something about it that's off. They're not seeing again, I'm going off of uh, something that happened to me and one other person. So, right. you know, just keep that in mind, but they're seeing YouTube is trying and the audience is seeing that and going, I don't know who that is. And they're, and they're not clicking on it. And it might be because your shorts and your long form content are not connected well enough. And I think maybe that could be your reasoning for starting a whole new shorts channel if you want to, but uh, that's the key consistency in in the actual style of your content is is going to bring you i think returning viewers but you've got to build this up over time it's not it won't happen overnight right. just because you have one viral short so right. no on on that point is this so this is a great question so one more thing in my short video impressions is only 150 bit getting but i'm getting 3k views how is that possible is that what you're talking about like the the metrics are messed up um that something like that is happening I don't know why that would be happening. That's kind of interesting. Uh, you, your impressions are reaching 150 people. Um, I'm, I don't know if they're talking about a, the channel impressions or a specific video. I'm guessing a specific video, right. but the video gets 3000 views maybe. And this is just, I'm going off the top of my head here. Sure. It could be because 
you know how you can swipe really fast away from a short on your phone? Maybe YouTube is if maybe it's counting the view, but not the impression, which would be weird to think be the opposite. Right. And it could just be because we're in early days. Uh, it's just, that sounds kind of glitchy to me. It doesn't sound like a, a feature. It sounds more like a bug, but I, I wouldn't really know. And they are saying it is still in beta. So um, yes. yeah, that yeah. was one thing, you know, it's really, they have all, this is one, a really full fleshed beta. I mean, really, because uh, um, a lot of stuff that is happening and they're rolling out to so many people. Um, but one of the things, you know, just real quick before we move on to the next section is uh, early returns on shorts have been really impressive. You know, they reported 6.5 billion daily viewers on the service as of March up from 3.5 billion at the end of 2020. Um, and, you know, even the, the uh, Sundar Punchi, the alphabet CEO cited shorts as one of the great things that's happening in their company. Like this is a, a big deal for them. So it seems like, you know, they're not going to drop it you know, really soon. And it, I don't know how long they'll leave it in beta or not, but um, it, it does seem like a thing to experiment with. I mean, you talked about with Vid, VidIQ that you guys tried it, didn't work, but you're going to go back. Are you waiting for it to kind of maybe like settle down or figure out your content strategy? Is that kind of why you're, I mean, you mentioned it wasn't working and it's, it was too much time taking away. Are you, I guess I'm asking, what are you waiting for? And, you know, is there a certain time where you go and dip your toe back into the shorts waters again? I think it's just content strategy. Uh, a lot of it is is Rob. You know, he's he's more uh, in charge of everything we're doing on YouTube than than I certainly am. I, I definitely could, but all of us are just kind of you know we got a lot of uh, things Still, we're doing. Right, so right. It, it just it truly just comes down to time. It, we're not really waiting for YouTube to change anything. It would be our content strategy. We would need to sit down and go one. Why are we Why are we making these two? Like, is it valuable? And three what could we do differently in shorts that we're not already doing in our long form videos that are going to like, you know, it's going to bring people in and captivate them. Gotcha. Right. So speaking of captivating, I wanted to tell you guys about, we, you know, we mentioned that one of our sponsors is Ecamm and you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. But one of the cool things they have right now going on is you can sign up for their brand new Leap Into Live Streaming Bootcamp. I will be speaking there as well. You can find out more about that. Go ahead and sign up for this free thing. If you're if you're interested on, you know, how to, you know, create a live show, how to create a podcast with your live show, you need to check this out because you can find out all more all about this at leap in, leapinto.live. That's leapinto.live. So go sign up for this free event. It's going to start in September, but they have limited seats available. So you want to go ahead and reserve your spot today. Grace, you're up. Yes. Yes. Well, and there's no better way to distribute that content than with Restream. You can go to over 30 over 30 online destinations. And it is especially cool if you are using live video or audio or podcasting as part of your marketing strategy. Not all of us are amazing video producers like our guest here, Dan. I certainly am not. And so having Restream completely in my browser, uh, the ability to brand, switch cameras, multi-stream, go to all these destinations, use all these tools. It's amazing. And you too can create an entertaining and engaging show. So you can find out more about that at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash restream. Awesome. And um, go ahead and take us away because we, I mean, we've talked a lot about shorts. That was like our first segment. We haven't even got to the rest of them yet. So we're going to have to pick up the pace a little bit, but this is, this is really yep. cool too, this new news. So let's talk about the, the, this Twitch style stuff that they're doing over in YouTube. 
Well, I feel like this is right where Dan is with the gaming, the gaming content. So YouTube is adding new Twitch style live streaming features, calling live streaming or gaming creators and live streamers. They're rolling out a trio of, of these features they to help creators engage with their audience more uh, during their live streams and their their clips, which allows your audience to share the best moments of your content or let let your viewers share the best moments of your content, polls in the chat, and then subscriber-only chat. Uh, YouTube is saying that these are three highly requested product updates, and they're expected to help creators gain more control over their content and engage more with their audiences. So, and if you've interacted with a content creator on Twitch before, then these terms probably sound very familiar. This is probably something you're already used to, but I want to talk about these one by one. So let's start with clips. Tell us technically how how they work and how, because it sounds to me that it's not you, the creator, creating clips of your stuff. It's your viewers being able to do this from your stuff. Yeah. So if you're live or it works on videos too, which is really interesting. Uh, if you're live, though, people can take moments from what you're doing and quickly, like, you know, crop out what they don't want, but quickly make a clip. And then that clip, all it really is, is a is it's the same video. They've just time stamped it in a certain spot. So you can click on it. You can watch the funny moment and then you can even click a button and just continue. If you want to continue watching from that point, and just pick it up. It, it just rolls right into the whole video, which is cool. Um, the way Twitch does it is when you make a clip, it basically generates a video file. So your audience makes a clip of a funny moment. And the advantage to this is you can then share it on other social media platforms because of the way YouTube set this up. I, I haven't gotten to play with it myself yet, so I don't, I can't say this for sure, but it would seem that it's going to be harder to share those on social media, um, beyond just like taking the, the link, you know, you can generate a link on YouTube with a timestamp on it. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's how it would be if you were to share a clip on like Twitter, for example, uh, but we'll just have to see. It's been rolling out really slowly. Uh, that's the one of the new features. It's the one I don't have access to yet, which is very frustrating, especially as somebody who streams games in their free time. So I hope <laughs> right. I get that soon. <laughs> right. Um, but I'm, I've been looking forward to that one more than anything. It's it's so, so cool. Gotcha. Cool. So th that's good that you said that because DZ Studio said uh, its clips are not available on my channel. And um, so when they roll it out, is it just a gradual rollout until everybody gets it? I mean, do you is there you've done through some of these rollouts before? How long does it usually take changes to, to hit everybody? It, it can take it can take weeks, months. I mean, because there's a period where it's kind of in beta and stuff. And they say, but we've only given this to specific channels. And then you start to watch more and more channels and you realize the beta is kind of over. Like there's a channel I usually watch on, on a regular basis that streams games. And suddenly one day I saw the clip button there, but I still don't have it. So it's a much bigger channel than my own. And that's probably why I'm guessing they're rolling it out in waves to the biggest channels down to the smallest. Um, but yeah, it, it just, it could be, it could be months and, and, uh, I'm sure YouTube loves getting all the, the comments about that. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they do. So I, I so for this clips feature, I, I can see the benefit for like promos and stuff, but how do you control someone taking something you do or say out of context with clips. I mean, I can see, you know, somebody making fun of somebody else and, you know, it going viral and then you have some issues with that. Is there any way to control it? I would say there's no way to control it even without clips because anyone can record your screen and, and take you out of context. There's now AI tools that can do that, you know, deep fakes, things like that. Right. Uh, I think no matter, I don't think YouTube is even really concerned about it, but if I, okay. speaking to how it works on Twitch, 
I can say that you you have control. You can delete clips. Uh, yeah. You know, there's been there's been streamers who have who who have found that people were clipping certain moments of their live stream, like uh, whenever they would stand up, for example, or something like that, like weird things. Right. Like, why did this person clip? you know, that time I stood up over and over again, what's going on here? Like the people just kind of, they clip things and it's, it's out of context. It's weird. You can delete them. Uh, so you get those controls and I'm imagining YouTube has given creators the same level of control. Uh, but yeah, I, as, as far as taking things out of context, um, I think that's, that's just going to be a wider problem, uh, at large, no matter where you are, unfortunately. Very, very true. Well, moving on to live polls in chat, uh, I know it lets streamers create and manage live polls in their streams and premieres. That's something new. And the example offered in the announcement was that you know, if you're playing a game, you can ask your audience, what is your next real time decision that you can make within this game? But what are some other fun and interesting ways that you can use these in chat poll, these live polls in chat? So far, it's just been a lot of fun to see uh, the interaction. Uh, I've, you know what I've noticed is I could launch a poll, and 10 minutes later, the poll can have more votes than I have live concurrent viewers. So that <laughs> it, it represents people just going in and out of your stream the whole time, right? Like, you, you could have 100 viewers, and then your poll, you know, is 150 votes. And you're like, what? what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and you realize it's been up for about 10 minutes and 50 people must have cycled out of my, of my thing. So it kind of, it's interesting from a metric standpoint in that way. And yeah, it can be, we, we've used it on, on vidIQ's channel to really great success when we're doing like a Q and a stream, for example, and we're trying to gauge from the audience certain questions. So like, we'll, we'll ask them how many of you here are under a thousand subscribers and just getting that answer from by, by realizing that half your audience is there and they're under a thousand subscribers, you can shift the whole conversation and say, wow, okay, so half of you are under that threshold and like a quarter of you just got over that threshold. Cool. Like here's what, you know, here's how we can move this conversation now. So it, it's great for those things. It creates that next level of engagement. I haven't seen any metrics on polls though, like other than right. the poll itself, it says this many people voted and, and here's how they voted, but that's really all we get. So I don't think this is something, again, you have to use, like you're missing out on some major YouTube feature that's going to grow your live stream, but it's it's engaging and it way, it's mm -hmm. one more way to keep people from leaving your live stream, in my opinion. Gotcha. So cool. last but not least, let's talk about subscriber only chat. So um, this is supposed to help you moderate your live chat and create more connections with your community by making live chat available only to your subscribers for both streams and premieres. And it gives the creators that ability to choose how long people must be subscribed for so they can't just, you know, jump in the conversation. So why is this important? Why only subscribers? Like, what's the thought process behind limiting this chat feature? Is this just to get people to subscribe or is there another reason? I, I was surprised to see this feature pop up. I wasn't aware YouTube was even thinking about doing this. We had members only chat. And we've right. had that on sites like Twitch too, right? And the member, a member subscriber, for anyone who doesn't know, a member is somebody who can like pay, you know, they're just supporting right. your channel. Mm -hmm. They're a paying member. They get emotes, they get whatever you give them. And you can do live streams where it's members only chat. And the biggest streamers do that because they have thousands of viewers. They have hundreds of members in some cases. And so it's still a very active chat, but they can manage it. Now I'm like only going to communicate with these members. So that you could argue is an incentive to buy into the membership. Uh, when it comes to the subscriber only chat it's similar except it's free all you got to do is hit subscribe and now i've started testing this myself and i've noticed no negative impact 
in terms of the amount of people I get chatting. Um, I actually turned off the timer as well. So you can set a timer of you have to be subscribed for X many minutes before oh, you can chat. Cool. I turned it off and and said, hmm. you know what, as long as you're, you're subscribed, you can chat only for the purpose of testing it, because one, it reminds people who watch me frequently that they haven't subscribed yet. And two, it's it's just that next thing. If someone's just coming coming around to troll, it's just right. that next step they got to take. And it's my secret hope there that they go find a new target because it's like, okay, what other hurdles is this person going to put in front of me? I'm just trying to get a quick reaction. That's how trolls be. So <laughs> I, I really like it. Uh, I know that there's other creators that are probably very hesitant of it. I would say doesn't hurt to try it because subscribing is free. Members, members only chat is going to take some strategy if you're going to turn that on. But when it comes to subscriber only, I mean, I personally, I love it. I think it's fantastic. So do you think you need to be at a certain subscriber level before you do that? Because I would think like if you're starting a new channel, channel you, want, you wouldn't want to have like, you have to subscribe to talk to me if I'm doing a lot. <laughs> I, I think that's a, yeah, that's a great way to think about it. If you're a small enough channel, you might want to put some, you know, strategery behind that decision. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the less barriers you have to somebody accessing your content, the better. So yeah, you, you also, as a smaller, as a smaller channel doing premieres or live streams, don't have the, the same problem with trolling because you're just smaller. So your right. target on your back is smaller. Um, so yeah, it's, it, your chat's also easier to manage because there's not as many people. So I, I wouldn't put a number on it per se. It would just be based on chat activity to me and, and how many people are kind of engaging with my chat. Uh, if it's, if it's getting to be a lot, if there's a lot of people, if you're starting to find yourself having to stop what you're doing and, and delete some messages or stop what you're doing, make sure your moderators are, are chiming and doing right. their thing. Yeah. Subscriber only chat probably goes on. Um, I, I also utilize slow mode, which is another feature. You can, you can set a, a, a timer. I use like a 15 second timer because sometimes people just like to type and type and enter and type and enter. And right. like, they're like, well, there's a lot of people here. Let them, let them, you know, have, have some of the stage as well. So yeah, these are all things that are up to your discretion. Uh, and that's why I love feature releases like this, because even with clips, everything else, you don't have to engage with these right. if you don't want to. If anyone out there is like, oh, <laughs> well, don't turn it on. So <laughs> I like it. Gotcha. All righty. Our last piece of news is um, it is rest in peace fleets over on Twitter. Aww. I know. So uh, <laughs> we learned uh, via tweet uh, yesterday, Twitter will be sunsetting fleets on August 3rd and working on some new stuff. So they said, we're sorry or you're welcome. When it comes to <laughs> fleets, um, first of all, it's just a poor name. I mean, the thing you have to drink before you have a colonoscopy is not a good thing <laughs> to name a feature. So um, they, 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 they sunset it because they said that wasn't, you know, they weren't using it. They were going to have people join the conversation. Didn't happen. Uh, and they're going to important um, have other things to go on, the, on, on Twitter. And it was fleeting. At last, it was very fleeting. So, <laughs> sorry, Grace made me say that. But anyway, uh, Dan, thank you so much for being here today. Um, this has been amazing. I want to give you plenty of time uh, to talk about uh, where people can find you and your podcast, which is awesome. So, uh, what's the best place for people to find you and all that you do? So, the the best place to go would be vidiq.com slash tube talk if you're interested in checking out the podcast uh we we talk about all sorts of youtube topics what i love about the show is we tend to talk about topics about getting your first thousand subscribers all the way up to topics about 
becoming a brand and launching a product line thanks to having a, a successful YouTube channel. So it really is a podcast for all YouTubers at all levels if you're interested. And then, of course, vidIQ.com if you're interested in our tools, uh, metrics that kind of help you make sense of the chaos that is YouTube sometimes and help, you know, by understanding your channel better, you can help grow on YouTube as well. Awesome. Great stuffy. Amazing yes. as always. Thank you for producing the show. Where can people find out about you? You can find me over at our own Restream YouTube channel. We have a whole slew of live shows from the pros on everything you'd like to know about producing your own live video shows from how to turn your live show into a podcast like we do to how to use ads to promote your shows. So find us over there. And we also have an amazing Restream community over at Facebook. You just find uh, that at restream.community. It's an amazing place, if you, especially if you're getting started in live video. Uh, a great resource, great community to get started. Yep. Thank you. And feel free to go over to socialmedianewslive.com and forward slash Restream to check them out. Have the free tool as well as my friends over on Ecamm. But make sure you go ch- uh, sign up for Leap Into Live. So Leap Into.Live for their new free webinar coming up about all about live streaming. And with that, do not forget as well that you can get reminded about this show by going to 903-287-9088. And we are also a podcast. So we'd love for you guys to subscribe to us over on uh, Apple, iTunes, uh, you, uh, Twitter, not Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, all those places, Twitter, Stitcher, wherever. Subscribe to us everywhere. It'd be great. Anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. (laughs) All right, the podcast is over, but I want to give a shout-out to some of our friends watching with us live. Dan, you were amazing. I mean, my mind is blown right now. (laughs) But I wanted to – Gary goes over on YouTube. uh, Fleet's making spaces for spaces. So that's very true. Uh, Ruth said, found you guys. Great conversation. Subscribe to this YouTube channel and hit the bell to be notified. Thank you, Ruth, for that amazing, uh, uh, that you did that for us. And Sabrina says, thank you. Sabrina, thank you for always showing up every week. Gary, I appreciate you, my friend. Great show today, guys. Very informative. Uh, so many people doing the chat. So appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys. We had a few. We had a few comments asking Dan specifically oh. for advice uh, on their particular channel. Is Dan? Is that something that VidIQ offers, or that you offer personally, or that you could recommend? Um, I think some of these uh, commenters are looking for very specific advice about what they're doing and what they're going through. Some of them are gaming channels. There's different levels. Uh, so we do every Tuesday, we do a channel audit live stream. Uh, and that's cool. we we basically for two hours, we'll just audit channels that have pre submitted. And uh, if anyone here has been to one of those live streams, you know how hard it can be to get your channel on the screen. Uh, what I always tell people is that even if your channel doesn't get audited, we're always giving so much advice to so many different channels that you're probably gonna get a lot out of it just by hanging out. Uh, The other thing, if you're a channel that's a lot bigger, if this is something that is becoming a business for you and you're willing to make this investment, VidIQ offers a coaching program, but this is not for somebody who is just starting out. This is for somebody at a much higher level in their YouTube journey. Uh, You can go learn more over there. Um, But yeah, so those are kind of the the two ways. But as for specific like one-on-one consults, that's that's all VidIQ offers are those uh, coaching sessions. Awesome. And I'd also recommend your your blog, like your Tube Talk blog uh, site, because oh, yeah. as I was researching stuff for the show, it kept coming up. So I was like, oh, amazing. <laughs> so amazing resource. Yeah. 
really great. I mean, there's there's a whole section there just on shorts that I ended up like falling into. So <laughs> as I prep for this, as I prep for the show, so do check out those resources, audience. You will find a treasure trove. And if you guys would do us a favor, you guys who have watched the show and continue to watch it every week, would you do us a favor and go over to Apple uh, Podcasts and subscribe and leave a rating review for Tube Talk because that helps out uh, podcasts a lot. It helps them get higher up in the SEO and get uh, shared out there. And so if you guys would do that for Dan, I'm sure he would appreciate that. Just go over to to, uh, Apple and do a search for Tube Talk and then leave a rating and review. That is always awesome. And with that, you guys, I appreciate you. We would not do the show without you. You're amazing. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me. Social Media News Live.